Happy Easter to everyone. Glad that you're here and celebrating Easter with us at 2911. We kicked off last night with a, a great crowd, and I was worried we had so many last night we wouldn't have many this morning, but we already do, so I'm uh, glad that you're here. You're, you're, you're in a different service today. You're in the second service at 930 since we did last night, and uh, so, so glad that you're here. And I want to say a big thank you to, um, man, all the 2911 Dream Team that worked so hard last night. Some of them came j- last night just to work, and they're back here this morning to just worship, so thanks for that, thanks for, uh, thanks for Chase, Chase won't let me bring him up on stage, pat him on the back, but uh, man, this, this looks awesome up here, the new stage design, and it just pops off the wall when you walk in the door, and something, uh, I asked somebody how they liked it today, they said they, uh, they said, they, they said they, all those boards need to be straightened up though, <laughs> just that. And, uh, and then their final comment was, well, I'm glad something is up there on the wall. So that's, that's a left-handed compliment, I think that is. But it, lo- it looks awesome. It looks wonderful. So we, we appreciate everybody's worked so hard. And, and let, me, uh, let me make sure you, you, you saw that just a few moments ago. We're starting a new sermon series next week, Once Upon a Time. And I am really excited about this sermon series. Hope you'll be back because this is going to be something really special. Uh, some, of the, some of the stories in the Bible that will make a huge impact on your life if they not already have. But uh, today we're talking about choices and uh, how many of you had any choice? I mean, like what is it? It's, uh, it's not quite 10 o'clock yet. How many of you have already had to make choices this morning? Anybody? Yeah, yeah. We make choices all the time, don't we? You know, and, and sometimes we, sometimes we kind of throw all the blame to God for all the stuff that happens in our life, right? I mean, don't we? Don't we? Sometimes we say, God, why did you let that happen to me? But we're the one that make the choices. I mean, we're the one that choose the things that most of the time plant the little seeds that grow up into the ugly weeds in our life. We're the ones that make the choices. So let's talk about some choices today. Would you pray with me and let's have uh, just a good time in the Word together. Father, I love you, Lord, and thank you, God. Thank you so much for showing up in the middle of our worship. God, I, God, I just felt like angels were singing with us today. God, angels worshiping with us. and God, lifting up the, the name of the Son of God. I thank you so much, Lord, for being here, God, being present in this place with us. God, I thank you, Lord, for uh, everyone that's here. And Lord, I know that there are a lot of there are a lot of bad choices sitting in front of me. God, people that are still dealing with some issues. God, there's some stuff that we're dealing with. God, Christians and, and maybe those who aren't yet Christians. We, we've all got things that we've done in our past. God, and I pray that you somehow, God, just minister in this time to every single one of us. God, to help us believe you, God, to do something amazing and awesome in our life. In Jesus' name, we pray. And everybody said, "Amen." Okay, so. Let's jump into it. Let's start with bad choices, right? Because, you know, have you ever been asked the question, you want the bad news or the good news first? You know, I always want the bad news first. Let's get it over with. Let's handle it. Let's fix it. Go on. So let's get the bad. How many of you would rather have the good news first? Okay. I just, I just look and see if anybody. I, I really like to get it. So let's, let's talk about the bad choices because we've all made those. And, and I'm going to talk about Judas here for just a few moments. The evening meal, this is John 13 too. The evening meal was being served. And the devil had already prompted Judas Iscariot, son of Simon, to betray Jesus. Okay, we're going to talk about Judas because he is the, I think, the penultimate example of bad choices. How many of you ever made bad choices in your life? Yeah, yeah, I've made some bad choices. Uh, you know, I've, you know, things like, uh, I, I started, you know, I was thinking about this. I, I, I wish I'd have thought about this earlier. I'd have gotten everybody's high school yearbook and I'd have gotten a picture from you, you know, showed some things. Or maybe I, 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 I don't even remember this. Oh, yeah, they, they did tell me this was Raising Arizona. Yeah, there's a bad choice that was there. You know, or mm, not really the best choice that he ever made in his life, right? You know, bad choices. Uh, a man picks the wrong wife. 
A woman picks the wrong husband. Somebody chooses the wrong career, the wrong job. You know, I got one, I can stay here and make this, or I can move out of town, take my family, we can make this. Sometimes we make bad choices like that. I, I'm, I'm really into history, love history, especially, especially wars, because I think part of it's spiritual because I, I just see the hand of God so much in protecting this country. I, I really get into, into history stuff and wars. I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll watch, that, I'll watch those, uh, those, uh, the military channel kind of stuff. I, I'll watch that. I love that kind of stuff. And, uh, you know, one of the things I've, I've learned is a lot of times the mistakes that were made, they weren't made a lot. We, we sometimes think about the little guys, the little, little uh, soldiers on the ground, but a lot of times it's the generals choosing the wrong battles, making bad choices. And we all make bad choices. You've made bad choices. Okay, now here, here, here's the problem. Some of you are sitting here thinking, this only relates to you. You think you're the only person that's made really, really, really bad choices. You think all the rest of us, because, you know, we look so really nice here on Easter Sunday morning, you think all the rest of us, we got all our bad choices handled, you know, and everything's fine now, and we're not dealing with any of that. But there are hundreds of bad choices sitting all around you right now. I mean, if we took time and just went around, we could all stand up and tell several bad choices that we've all made in our lives. We all have bad choices. But nobody has, I don't think there's anybody that has ever made a choice any worse than the one Judas made. Because what Judas did, he chose to betray the Son of God. I mean, you know, you, you might betray your best friend or you might betray, you know, your spouse or something. And those are bad choices to make. But Judas chose to betray the Son of God. I mean, this was, it, God, the Word of God tells us that Jesus, when He spoke, the worlds came into existence. That's how it happened. That He was the Word that spoke, let there be light. Let, you know, let, the, let there be a firmament. Let, the, let the, uh, the, the dry earth gather itself together. He said, let there be, let there be beasts in the field. Let there be uh, fowls in the air. Let there be uh, uh, creatures in the ocean. He, he brought man to life when He spoke the Word. And this is who Judas chose to betray I mean betray anybody else but don't betray the one who with just a word I mean he can you know snuff you out as if you never existed I mean this is this was a horrible choice that he made how in the world could he make that choice so so I want you to can you take a little comfort in that that no matter how bad your choice is somebody's made a worse choice than you have in the past okay no matter how bad you've messed up nobody's messed up as bad as Judas did let's look a little bit more at, the, at this story and uh this is in the, the night before Jesus is crucified. This is in the, the Last Supper, if you remember that story. Most of us, if you don't remember the story, you remember the picture, right, that Da Vinci painted, you know. But this, this is during this time. As soon as Judas took the bread that Jesus had given to him, kind of remember that little nugget right there, okay, because Jesus had given him some bread. I want you to remember that nugget. I'm, I'm going to say something a little later in the sermon. Satan entered into him. This is verse 27. Jesus told him this. What you are about to do, do quickly. Verse 28. But no one at the meal understood. The other disciples sitting around the table, no one understood why Jesus said this to him. Since Judas had charge of the money, the disciples thought, well, maybe Jesus was telling him to go buy what was needed for the feast or give some of the money to the poor. As soon as Judas had taken the bread, he went out, and it was night. Okay, so Jesus says, you know, the very first of that little, little, little uh, passage of Scripture there, Jesus said, whatever you do, do quickly. Now, I've heard people preach this. It's like, you know, this is... It's that Clint Eastwood moment. Jesus ain't scared of Judas. He says, go ahead. Y'all know the rest of it? <laughs> Make my day. 
You know, and I know Jesus has got like a, he's got a little bit of a, a, you know, I I believe God has a sense of humor. I I believe he does, you know, and I told people last night in the morning when you get up, just look in the mirror if you don't think God's got a sense of humor, okay? Or or look at the person, if you're married, look at the person God connected you with. Look at the person you're you're living with. I mean, God's got a sense of humor, doesn't he? You know, but I don't believe this is a flippant thing of uh, where Jesus is saying, go ahead, Judas, just go ahead, just say what I, no. That's not, I don't think that was what he was saying. Maybe, maybe it was uh, an excuse. I mean, have you, have you ever, you know, have you ever been somewhere and you needed to go somewhere else and you were trying to find a way to excuse yourself? You know, like, you know, when is a good time? You ever wonder when is a good time to leave a church service if you got to get out? Let me tell you when it is. Whenever I'm done. Okay? That's a good time to leave the church service. Before that, no, it's not a good time, okay? But, but you ever wonder that? I mean, it's like you're sitting here, pastor's going long, you know, oh, he's getting over time, you know, and I've I got to get to that thing, and, and that never happens at 2911. Somebody say amen, right? All right. Oh, man. And you wonder, how, how can I slip out? Maybe that's what Judas was dealing with, and Jesus finally just said, Judas, just go do it. I think, I think that's what he was saying, and I think he, he was, he's telling us today also, just go do it. Make a choice. Quit sitting here half in and half out. And some of you say, well, I'm not really all the way even half in. Yeah, you know what, you're a little connected. I mean, you're here on the Easter, you're a little connected. And you know what, if you've really not made that choice to make Jesus your Savior, I think that's what he's pushing. He said, come on, make the choice. Why, why are you just connecting just every once in a while? Why are you just connecting? And then I could even say for those who come every single Sunday and every single Wednesday or attend a small group somewhere across town where we've got small groups going on, I can say the same thing to you. Come on, make a choice. Make a choice today to put all your bad choices in the past and let Jesus turn all your bad choices into good choices. Make a choice today. Quit standing in limbo. Make a choice. There's something Jesus that has said at the end of this passage we just read about how he went out into the night. This is the New Living Translation. says he went out into the night. You know, Jesus could have said, Judas, please don't go. Judas, stay here. Let's talk this thing out. But perhaps Judas knew, or Jesus knew that it was already too late in Judas's heart because he had already gone out, spiritually speaking, into the night. You know what? I wish Judas could have just held on till the morning. If he could have waited and not made this horrible decision in the night, because most of us don't make good decisions at night. I mean, do you make good decisions at night? I mean, you know, if you, if you really need me, you know, if you, if you need my best advice, call me in the morning. Before I've had 20 other problems all day long that's worn me out and I'm worn out and tired, and I'm going to just say, just fix it. <laughs> you, know, that's where I, you know, maybe that's where Jesus was. It's like, Judas, just do it. But in the morning when I'm fresh and I haven't had a lot of problems, man, I'm ready for a new day and everything. And everything is bright and everything. I make my best decisions, I believe, in the morning. And I think we all do. We think about it spiritually speaking. We all make our best decisions when we're walking, not in the dark, but in the light. And if you're walking and surrounded by the darkness of this world, you're not going to make good decisions. You're going to keep making bad decisions. So make a choice and hang on until the light shows up before you make the decision that you shouldn't make. Make the choice today to step out of the darkness and back into the light. Judas didn't do that. Jesus Jesus knew that Judas probably couldn't, so he didn't even ask him to. He said, make the choice, Judas. You know, quit sitting here like you're involved in this last supper, taking the bread from me. Make a choice, Judas. Make your choice. Oh, I wish Judas could have said, I choose you, Jesus, but he didn't. 
I wish Judas could have seen. And, and if he could have held on and just gotten a little bit of light in him. I mean, Jesus was, he was introducing, you know, what we call the Lord's Supper around here. Communion. He was establishing. He was instituting this. And Judas was a part of that. Jesus was giving him the bread and giving him the, he was part of this. I wish Judas could have just seen this a little bit of light. You know what he could have seen? He would have seen that Jesus had every single answer to every problem that he had. And he would have seen that, that just as easily as Jesus had given him bread, Jesus, the one who spoke the worlds into existence, could have just as easily given him the deliverance he needed from the darkness that was in his life. Could have just as easily said, I forgive you of every sin you've ever committed. I'll help you with all the mistakes that you've made, and I'll help you figure them out and fix them and, and turn things around in your life. I'll heal the marriage that you've been destroying for all these years. I'll give you a new relationship with your kids. I'll bring your health back to you that you've been destroying with all the junk that you've been putting into your lives. I'll restore your relationships with all your friends. If we could just believe and see in the light. But, but Judas, Judas couldn't make that decision. I wish he could, but he didn't make that decision. He made the easy decision. He, had already, he felt like he had already gone too far, and so he made the, you know, sometimes it's, it's time for bold decisions. It's time to make a bold decision. Okay, I've been walking this way all this time, and it's just so much easier to go on with the friends that are doing the wrong things and, and continue the stuff that I've been doing in my marriage and, and treating my wife or my husband like I've been treating him, you know, and, and letting my kids just do what they want to do because, man, I've been, you know, I, I, I've let them go for 14 years. I can't fix them now. Well, you know what? It's going to be tough, but, yeah, you can if you let God help you. It's time for some bold decisions in your life. So make the decision. Don't be like Judas. Don't, don't say, well, it's all over and I might as well just go on. Make the decision today. A bold decision. See, there was somebody else sitting at this table. The very same table that Judas was sitting at that night that, that Jesus said, make your decision, Judas. Whatever it is, go do it. Come on, make your decision. Here or there, do it, do it. John was sitting there. John is... Uh, many times if you're reading the book of John, you'll, you'll hear him call himself the beloved disciple, the disciple whom Jesus loved. Some people say, well, that's a proud, proud thing, prideful thing. That, and then somebody said, no, well, what he's doing, he's not calling his name. He's just, he's just saying, hey, you know, it's, it's, it's like call it in third person. I, I don't know what it is, but that's what, that's what he called himself. He was the disciple that Jesus loved. And he made bold decisions. Let me show you a couple of bold decisions he made. While, while Judas was sitting at that same table when Jesus said, one of you is going to betray me tonight, Jesus was deeply troubled. He said, I'll tell you the truth. One of you will betray me. Verse 22. The disciples looked at each other wondering whom he could mean. Okay, so all the disciples, they're looking around. I wonder who he could mean. Who could... And the disciple Jesus loved was sitting next to Jesus at the table. That's John. And Simon Peter motioned to him and said, hey, who's he talking about? Okay, so Simon Peter said, and so that disciple, the one Jesus loved, leaned over to Jesus and asked, Lord, who is it? All the disciples wanted to know, but only John asked. All the disciples wanted to know, but, but, but John was bold enough to say, Jesus, you said somebody's going to betray you. Tell me, who is it? All the rest of them wanted, but only one was bold enough to ask. This morning, this room is filled with people with, with, with bad choices in their past. And every single one of us wants to ask Jesus, help us with our bad choices. Fix some stuff in our life. But who's going to be bold enough today to ask and say, Jesus, I want to know. Let me, let me show you one other place where, where John was bold. This was, this, was at the, uh, uh, this was at the crucifixion. When Jesus saw his mother standing there beside the disciple who he loved, John 19, 26, Jesus said to her, dear woman, here is your son. The disciple he loved, wait a minute. He said, can I tell you something? Here's what, here's what the historical accounts tell us, that no disciples were at the crucifixion except for John. 
That was a bold thing. Why were the other disciples absent? Why were they gone? Because Jesus was being killed for what he was preaching, what he was proclaiming. And they were, you know, they were the ones who were aiding and abetting in his crime. It was dangerous for them to be around the place where Jesus was because he was losing his life for what he was doing. And they had been helping him for three years. And they all left except John. And he made a bold decision. He made this bold decision to be there, to be at the side of Jesus, to choose it. This is the thing. And he chose this over everything. He chose it over his comfort. He chose it over being with his buddies and friends. Those other ten disciples, Judas had by now hung himself. The other ten disciples, John chose, instead of being with them in a safe place, in a comfortable place, in the place where, where we always retreat to, and doing the same things. And doing it my way and my plans and all this. Being with family, being with friends, being, being at, at our favorite Friday night place, Saturday night place, or Tuesday afternoon place. He chose to be with Jesus. He made a bold decision. And it's the bold decisions in your life that are going to matter. It's the bold ones that matter. I know we talk about all those little things because we overlook the little things. But you don't get to the little decisions unless you handle the bold decisions as well. And if you make a bold decision today, that's the one that's going to matter. But I know some of you are thinking, but it's too late for me. You don't know how much I've messed up my marriage. God can't save it. If I had time, I'd have some people stand up right now and testify to you about the power of Jesus to save marriages that are destroyed. Because we're seeing people come in in 2911 with marriages that ought to be already in divorce court. The ink should already be dry on the divorce papers. But God, I mean, Jesus, he is, he is, he is backing up into their past and he is fixing things that shouldn't be fixed. Things that are unfixable in their lives. I wish I could tell you, and you think, but it's too late for me. Now let me tell you about late choices as well. Because no matter, no matter how, how, how late it is in your life, as long as you're breathing. Is everybody breathing this morning? Everybody breathe. Everybody take a breath. Make sure you're still alive. Okay. As long as you've got a breath this morning, can I tell you something? It's not too late. Late choices. Uh, this was when Jesus Christ was, was uh, being crucified and he had... He had two thieves hanging, one on each side. And so one of the criminals hanging beside Jesus scoffed. He said, you're the Messiah, Luke 23, 39, I'm sorry. You're the Messiah, aren't you? Prove it by saving yourself and us too while you're at it. But the other criminal on the other side of Jesus protested and said, don't you fear God even when you have been sentenced to die? We deserve to die for our crimes. But this man hasn't done anything wrong. And then he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. So one of these thieves, as he's dying, says this. Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And you know what Jesus tells him? I assure you today you'll be with me in paradise. So in his dying moments, and what does Jesus say? I assure you today you'll be late choices. I mean, my goodness, wiped the sweat off his brow. He couldn't have waited any longer to make this choice. I mean, he was, he was minutes from passing from this life, and now everything's right. He's going to be in paradise with Jesus in just a few moments. When we, when we die on this cross, Jesus is telling us, when we die on these crosses, buddy, hang on here because we're going to be together in paradise. He lived for Jesus for probably less than an hour. But he lived for himself and everybody else and all the other things in his life for all of those years. And he made this late choice. And the late choice wasn't so late that he couldn't turn things around about his future. But pay attention here. Here's the sad part. He waited so late that Jesus couldn't fix his past. Oh yeah, I, I'm not talking about in God's eyes. In God's eyes, he was pardoned. In God's eyes, he was on his way to heaven. He was going to be with Jesus in paradise that very day. In just a few minutes, it was going to happen. But it was too late to fix the past. You know what I'm talking about? 
It was too late. He couldn't get down off that cross. He had moments to live. It was too late for God to let him help him go back into his past and find all those friends that he used to hang out with every weekend and apologize to them for being a bad influence and a bad example in their life. It was too late to go back to his spouse and, and, and apologize to her and not, for not being the man that he was supposed to be, for not being there, for not making money in, in an honest way, for being a thief, for giving the, the family a bad name and reputation. It was, it was too late for him to, to get back out in the world and do something awesome that would make his parents hold their head up when they walked down the street instead of look down when somebody mentioned their son's name. It was too late for him to go do something admirable, honorable, so that his kids would have something to brag about around their friends. It was too late for him to, to leave a, a heritage, a legacy that his kids could, to, could strive to live up to, but they had to live with the fact, even though he was on his way to heaven, he made that choice in the very last moments of his life, and even though he's on his way to heaven with Jesus, it was too late for him to give his kids something hopeful to look to in life. But it's not too late for you. Most of us, I think all of us probably still have time. And see, here's the, here's the last guy I want to talk to you about today. And I, I'm glad because, I tell you, Simon Peter, I think I connect with him more than any of the other disciples. And it's because of what I'm going to tell you this morning. It's because I, I, I'm literally amazed. I, I stood here this morning as we were singing about the great I am and Oh, man, I'm just literally amazed at this great I am that loves me, not because of who I am, in spite of who I am. This great I am that died for me and paid for my sins. And, man, sometimes, sometimes I get here, you know, and I, I'm standing in his presence, and I just want to stop and just I want to start apologizing for all those mistakes that I've made all those years over and over and over. And I want to, I want to just remind him of all those mistakes that I've made in the past, the ones I've already asked him to forgive me of, and I just want to do it one more time. And then I, then I listen to, you know, as we were standing, I was standing there and we were singing that song, and I listen, and I start thanking him for, God, thank you so much for, for paying for my sin. And when, when I said that, he reminded me, he said, well, then why do you keep trying to pay for it? My goodness, what an awesome God he is. So I exemplify with Simon Peter who made a defining choice, and we all have defining choices to make this morning. When you were confronted with this great I am who died for your sin, who hung on the cross of Calvary and paid for your sin and took your place, then you have a defining choice to make. I know some of you say, no, no, I'm just going to put it off a while. Then that's a defining choice. When you delay the choice, when you say, well, I'll think about Jesus later, it's a defining choice. Let me show you, some defi- let me show you how this defining choice kind of works out. And, and a lot's been made over this verse of Scripture right here. No, Peter insisted. Even if I have to die with you, I'll never deny you. And all the disciples vowed the same. Here's what was going on. Jesus said, you know, somebody's going to betray me. And Simon Peter said, well, it's not going to be me. Even if I have to die with you, I'm not going to leave your side. And then all the disciples said, me too, me too, me too. You know, they all said, now they didn't speak up. Simon Peter was one that said, I'll die with you. But they all said, me too, me too. Okay, I want you to get that just a little bit. A lot's been made over this because you know what happened that night, don't you? You know the story. Later that night, guess what he did? He denied Jesus three times. Before the alarm clock went off the next morning, he denied Jesus three times. You know, and so people look at that and say, say oh my, my, you know, look at this. He's just a big blowhard. I mean, all he, he's just proud of, of being with Jesus, you know, and he's just standing up. He's just, he's just acting like something. He's just a, 
I guess he's just a spiritual poser, huh? I mean, that's all he is. He, he's just a big blowhard, and this, he didn't mean what he said. That's not what I see in this. I see Simon Peter in this with all of his mistakes. And listen, I don't think there's anybody in the New Testament that has more of his mistakes written about than Simon Peter did. I mean, he's the guy, and maybe even in the Old Testament too. I mean, my goodness, it's one after the other. Okay, so, so here, I'll give it to you. True. Doubting did make him sink one time. You remember the story? Jesus walking on the water. A miracle was happening. And let me tell you, here, the same thing happens. You know what Simon Peter does? All the other disciples, they're like looking over the edge of the boat with their mouth open. You know what I mean? I mean, they're like, oh, Jesus is walking on the water. You know, but here, just, you remember like a few moments ago when Simon Peter said, I'm going to die with you. And all the other disciples said, me too, me too, me too. When Simon Peter looked out there and saw Jesus walking on the water, you know what he did? He said, Jesus, let me come out there and walk with you on the water. Where are all the disciples saying, me too, me too, me too? They didn't do it this time. They weren't asking. They didn't want it. So, yeah, yeah, the doubt. He got out there and he got a little worried and the doubt made him sink in the water a little bit and Jesus raised him back up. But at least he got out of the boat. I mean, at least he had this kind of, he had a defining choice that he had made in his life that I'm going to be with Jesus' side and even if it's out there in the middle of a storm and, and some miracle's got to keep me afloat, I want to be with Jesus more than I want to be in this boat. That's the defining decision, decision that he made. And true, his anger one time made him attack in the Garden of Gethsemane when they came to arrest Jesus. You know what Simon Peter did? Everybody started scattering. Simon Peter drew his sword. Man, he cut off somebody's ear. And Jesus calmed him down and said, you know, put your sword back up, Simon Peter. And, and, and he took the man's ear and he healed the man's ear. It wasn't time. And you know, that, but you say, oh, look at, look at Simon Peter, how bad he is. No, look at Simon Peter. What is he doing? He has just made the declaration, if I have to die, I will not leave your side. And so when he sees Jesus begin to be, to be arrested, you know what he's thinking? He's thinking of that promise, I will never leave you. And so he draws his sword. He is about to try and fight off all these Roman soldiers by himself with one sword. I mean, he's not failing here. He succeeds. He's doing what he has promised in his heart to do. This defining choice that he has made to be Jesus at all costs is making him stand up and be the man that he said he would be. But yeah, true. Yeah, i got to give it to you, true. There was uh, where it says that before the, the alarm clock went off, the rooster, he denied, he lied three times and he even cursed. So pastor, how are you going to fix that one? How are you going to turn that into something good? Let me, let me show it to you. Because here's why I don't understand sometimes. I see people, and, and this, is, this, is, this is where I really connect with Simon Peter. Somebody told me this, and I've been watching this in people's lives. I've been trying to watch it in my life as well. And here's what happens. The difference in a child of God, because, listen, all of us fail. Every one of us mess up. Every one of us have to go back and apologize to somebody every once in a while or do something and fix something. Every one of us do. But the difference... And someone who's made that defining choice to be a Christian, someone who's made that defining, the difference in a Christian who fails and someone, and someone else, someone who's not a Christian, and they fail, is when a Christian fails, when they get back up on their feet, they're already facing Jesus again and headed his way. You see, that's the thing. See, because you know what happened right after he did? When it came, when it came to his mind, I've blown it. I told Jesus I would be by him, and he told me I would deny him three times, and look at what I've done. I've denied him three times tonight. And it said that he went out, outside, out, 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 of, the, out of the house, out of the, the courtyard. He went out, 
and he wept bitter tears of repentance. See, that's why I, that's why I connect with Simon Peter. I don't connect with Judas. I'm, uh, I, I'm, I'm ready to be bold. Sometimes a little bit too much like Simon Peter. I, I, I connect with John some, but, but you know, there's, there's just something about me that connects with this Simon Peter that keeps falling on his face and getting back up and saying, Jesus, I'm still coming your way. That's, that's what I see. Even in his failures, even in his mistakes, even in his bad choices, what does Simon Peter do? The defining choice keeps him focused on where he's going. Yeah, you're going to make bad choices. Even as a Christian, you might make some bad choices. But making this defining choice will keep you focused and headed in the right direction. And, and even one of the very last things before Jesus leaves is one time jealousy even got the best of Simon Peter. But again, I still see this, this defining choice that Simon Peter has made is when Jesus is telling the beloved disciple, oh, you know, you're going to live to be old and all that and all that and all that. And, and Simon Peter said, well, what, what about me? You know, that was like a, a jealous thing. Maybe, but maybe he's saying, you know, I, I, I want to preach for you until I'm really old too. And, you know, and I, I want to be a great minister. You know, I, I see the same defining choice in him that and he is saying, but, but Jesus, what about me? I want to do all the things that you need me to do as well. I, that's not just it. Let me, let me show you two more things about Simon Peter. Okay, real quick, and, and I'm, I'm almost at the close. Um, in John 20 and verse 4, when word comes back that Jesus is risen from the dead, John and Simon Peter take off running. They were both running, but the other disciple outran, outran Peter and reached the tomb first. They found out that Jesus was risen. His, his, his body was gone. And so they run to the, temp, run to the tomb. And, and John probably is a little younger than Simon Peter from the historical accounts that we have. And, and he outruns Simon Peter. He gets there first. You know what he does? He stops and he looks inside. You know what Simon Peter does? Good old Simon Peter. He, he gets there second, but he runs right on past John. He goes inside because he's got to see. Man, i got to see. And he goes inside and he's got to feel those grave clothes and make sure his body isn't in there, uh, you know, that it hasn't already decomposed in, in, in two days, you know, already. And, and he's got to find it and he goes in. And that's who he, this is who Simon Peter is. Brass sometimes. But he's got he's to have it. It was a defining choice to always be by the master's side. And the last place I know that he was is he was in that tomb. And Simon Peter couldn't stay outside the tomb once the stone was rolled away. He had to go and see if my Savior's there. i got to be right there by his side because that's what I promised. That was my defining choice. You understand? That's why you look around sometimes. And you see people that, that maybe their life isn't perfect. And you wonder, why in the world do they keep hanging on to this God? Why in the world? Because there's a defining choice that they made some time ago that is their rudder. It keeps them, in, it keeps them steered in the right direction. It, it is their lens that keeps them focused on what is important in life. It is their rock that when all the rest of the world is falling apart, it is something they can stand on and know that forever is taken care of in Jesus. Their defining choice. And something else, you know, in my mind, and I know sometimes, the, sometimes the, the, the chronology of how these things happen, especially in, in Jesus' last days, is told a little differently. But perhaps the next time Simon Peter sees Jesus alive is when they're fishing one day, and Jesus appears on the shore. They don't know it's him just at first, but he's making breakfast. He's got some fish, and he's, got, he's cooking them over coals. He's making some breakfast. 
And he calls out to them. And he performs a miracle. A miracle where they start, they start pulling in so many fish in their nets, the boats begin to sink. All of a sudden, they realize, the disciples realize, wait, Jesus did this miracle one time before. And they realize, and one of them says, it's Jesus. And so they try to get the fish on board as quick as they can, and they start rowing to the shore. And it's hard to row because the nets are so full and they can't get them on, on board fast enough. And they're trying to row and trying to pull the, the nets on board, and they're trying to get there. All of a sudden, Simon Peter, this is too slow for me. And he, and he grabs his coat that he has taken off, and he jumps in the water, and he swims to shore because he had promised, he had made a decision that he was going to be by Christ's side no matter what. It was the thing that defined who Simon Peter was. It was the thing that, that, I mean, the one thing that you could count on with Simon Peter. Yeah, he might say something he shouldn't have said, or he might do something. But the one thing you could count on with Simon Peter is he had made a defining choice that Jesus Christ is the one. i got to be by his side. And here's the thing. Here's the thing that, 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 that blows our minds sometimes is here was a man. Not just any man. Not a Judas who, who did what was easy. Not a Judas who said, wait a minute. Now, come on, some of you, this is where some of you are. You're still in the place of Judas. And I'm not saying you betray Christ, but listen to what I'm saying. Some of you are, are you still in that place. You say, well, i got two or three more ideas up my sleeves. And if those don't pan out, then I'll talk to Jesus. Or I've got a plan B, C, D, E. And as soon as I get to F, I'll make Jesus my plan F. That's what Judas did. He still had some ideas and some plans. But here was Simon Peter standing on the boat and saying, and this was a man's man. This was a man who drew a sword ready to fight, off a, uh, to fight off all those Roman guards who were trained in battle. And there he was, ready. this was a man's man, and he jumped off of that ship saying, that's Jesus and that's who I've got to have in my life. A man's man saying, that's who I've got to have in my life. It was a defining choice he made, and every single thing about his life made him reach and hold for Jesus more and more. If you hang around here long enough, you're going to see this pastor mess up. You're going to see me fail. And I'm not talking about misquoting a, a scripture or, or a word. I, I'll do that at least once every sermon. I'm talking about you're going to, you're going to see me fail. Let me tell you one thing you're going to see me do. If you'll watch closer, you'll see more than just a failure. You will see that as I hit my face, I'm still hanging on to either the hand of Jesus or if all I can grab is the, his coat or the hem of his garment like that little lady that had that issue of blood for so many years. You're going to see me clawing my way back up. Help me, Jesus, get back up. And that's why I connect with Simon Peter so much. It's because he has been my defining choice. The last, the last two, real quickly, are the two most important decisions that were ever made in history. And they were both made by Jesus. He chose to love you. He chose to love you. He didn't have to love you. I mean, when I'm standing here and I feel his love, that's what makes me think, oh, I got I to gotta apologize one more time for that thing I did 20 years ago or that thing I did five weeks ago or that thing. And I, I don't deserve his love, but he chose to love me. And he loves me so much that he chose to die for me. Those are the two most important decisions ever be made about your life, and they've already been made. But now what you do with those two decisions, in light of those decisions, is your defining choice. And let me tell you what it'll do. It will redefine. If you make this defining choice for Jesus Christ, it will redefine your past. 
Yeah. The thief on the cross waited too late for Jesus to redefine his path. We got people in this church. We got to get some of these testimonies on video so we can share them to you, with you. We got people in this church that Jesus is redefining their past. Man, he is, he is pulling things together. Man, I, I just wish I could. There, there's some of this stuff that there's some things that people share. With. I wish, you know, one of these days we'll get to heaven and maybe we'll be more free and, and they can tell you some of the things that God is doing. But that you, God will bring forgiveness into that marriage where somebody's been unfaithful. If you don't believe that, it's happening right here in this church right now. People in, the, in our services this Easter weekend, members of this church, it's happening. God is giving grace over that unfaithfulness. That's, and that's probably what some of you think. That's the worst thing that ever could happen. God's giving that kind of grace. Financial blessings that God is bringing to, to enable people to pull out of those old bad decisions they made. When you make a defining choice for Jesus, it will redefine your past. But it will also redefine your present. You don't like who you are today? Choose Jesus. It will redefine who you are this very moment. You'll walk out those doors a different person than you walked in. But even more importantly, it will define your future. Like Simon Peter, you might make mistakes, but from now on, you're going to make good, good choices even on the other side of those bad mistakes. You're going to make a lot more good decisions than bad decisions because you're going to have that rudder. You're going to have that lens that focuses. You're going to have that rock. It'll define your future. I mean, and one day you're going to have eternity. I mean, it'll define your future all the way into eternity, but it'll define your future tomorrow. So when the boss cusses you out, and that rudder says, oh, wait a minute, no, no, don't go over there where he's at. Stay right here. Then you'll still have your job on Tuesday. Somebody say amen. You know? Or that happens to you when you come home from a bad day at work. You know, and the wife wants to dump all the stuff on you because she's been dealing with it all day, and now you take the kids right now, all of a sudden you're wanting to say, but, and that rudder will say, whoop, 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 stay right here where you're supposed to be, and you'll still be married next week. It will define your future. Amen. Stand with me. Let's come to the front. Let's close this. Would you join us at the front? I want to I ask you, sir. I want to ask you, man. I want to ask you. Would you please make a defining choice today for Jesus? Now that you can put it off, that's going to define you tomorrow. You're going to find yourself on your face sometime really, really soon and say, man, that's what that preacher was telling me about. Make the choice today. Let me tell you what to do to make the choice. It's real simple. Three things, real simple. Believe on Jesus. That's it. Believe in him, believe on him, what we mean. When you say that word, believe in, believe on him, you know what it means? It means trust him. Just trust him. Trust that he will redefine your past. He will redefine who you are right now, and he will define your future from this point on. He'll be that rudder. He'll be that lens. He'll be your rock. He'll define your future. And you know how you do that? You know how you believe it? You just need to, you just need to do that. You remember we read just a few moments ago that criminal, the thief on the cross? You remember what he said? He said, Jesus, he said, I, I believe you are who you say you are. So would you remember me? That was it. It was the belief in his heart. It wasn't the words that he said. It was the belief in his heart. Just believe in him. Believe in him to back up into your past and start fixing things in your past. You got some stuff in your past to fix? I do. I'm a minister. I'm, you know, I'm, how old am I? 51? I'm 51 years old. Britt looked at me. I don't know. I got grandkids. I got a three-year-old and one-year-old and one on the way. I mean, you know what? I've been, I've been a Christian 
pretty much all my life. I still got stuff I need to fix. I still got stuff that God's working on in me. I, I, there's still some stuff. I still need him to keep getting back in my past and fixing some things. You got some stuff in your past you want him to fix? He will begin redefining it today. And he'll begin defining who you are at this point. You'll be a different husband when you walk out those doors. You can be a different mom when you walk out those doors. You can be a different friend when you walk out those doors today. Just believe in it. Just believe in it. You'll make better decisions. Now listen, if you're like Judas and you've still got three more plans that you think is going to get you right, fix everything in your life, then make your choice. Make your choice today. But I dare you to make the bold choice, the right choice. Quit making bad choices and make the best choice today. And say, Jesus, I believe you are who you say you are and I need your help to fix these things. All you got to do is just believe in him. Would you pray with me right now? And I want to ask you to do something. Bow your heads, close your eyes. I want to ask you to do something. I want to ask you, if you need prayer for anything, please come and let one of these prayer team members pray with you. But let's pray together, right? And Father, I love you. I thank you, God, that you did. You did send your son. Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross for me. And I believe, just like that, 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 that cr- criminal that hung on the cross, I believe you are who you say you are. And I ask you, God, forgive me. Forgive me, Lord, for all the stupid stuff I've done in my past. And God, I ask you, don't just wipe it clean, but Lord, help me get back into that past and fix some things. God, tr- God, Get rid of some weeds that I've planted in my life. God, fix fix my relationships, God. Fix my reputation, God. Fix the name that I have with my friends at school, Lord. And, and God, fix the things that I've done in my marriage. Fix the things that I've done with my kids, God, and how I've, how I've alienated them. God, all these things that I've got in my past, Lord, I pray, redefine my, my past, Lord, I pray. Get back there, and Lord redefine who I am today. God, I want to walk out of here a better man than I have walked in. I want to walk out of here a better... Some of these ladies, they want to walk out a better woman than they walked in. God, I want to walk out a better friend than I was. I want to walk out a better spouse. I want to, God, I want to walk out a better son. I want to walk out a better granddad. God, I want to walk out of these doors. Redefine who I am, God, and make me a better person, Lord, in this moment, God. But I ask you, God, to define my future, Lord. God, so that, so that I stop making bad decisions. I start making better decisions. I start making awesome decisions. Lord, God, is as I make this defining choice right now in my life, God, I pray, Lord, be my rudder, God. Help me, Lord, see the, keep me on, on, on target, Lord, of where I need to be going and, and not be pulled away by anger or, or fear or even jealousy, God. God, I, I pray, Lord, be, be that lens that keeps me focused on the prize and doesn't get focused on the, all the junk that's around me. And Lord, be that rock, Lord, something I can always come back to, God, and know that it's always there. And sure, Lord, and steady, God, when, when, when all the rest of the world is falling apart, God, that's what I ask you to do for every single person in this altar, Lord, I pray in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. And listen, it doesn't matter what you said with your mouth. If you believe in your heart, Jesus Christ died for your sin, and you trust in that, then you are a child of God today. Right now, you've been redefined. You've been redefined. And tomorrow is going to be a different definition. Your life is going to be in a different definition because of the defining choice that you've made today. I don't know who you, I don't know who you are, but please... I want to do something for you. I want to help you. Say, I told you there were some things. I want. Here's the second thing I want to tell you. I want. We, we, we've got some emails around here. We call them first steps emails. Because you got to do it again tomorrow, right? I mean, tomorrow you're going. To, tomorrow's when you're going to have the problem. Tomorrow's when the ball's going to be cussing you out. Tomorrow's when the kids, you know, going to be swinging off all the furniture, you know, and busting everything in the house. I mean, so we've got three weeks of daily emails we call first steps. I want to send them to you. If you became a Christian today, 
or if you're a fairly new Christian, it doesn't have to be today, I want to send these to you. I need your name and I need your email address. That's all we need. And if you will, if you will, if you want the first steps, I want, you to, I want to ask you to come right now and, and just, just give your name and email address to one of the prayer team members. Come on, please please move this way. Hey, listen, please, don't, 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 feel, don't feel out of sorts because of anything. Because here's another thing I want to encourage you to do, the third thing. I told you three things. If you want to make this a defining choice today, the third thing is two weeks from today, two weeks from today, yeah, I said two weeks from today last night, and I realized, wait a minute, this is Saturday, so it's two weeks from tomorrow. Two weeks from today, we're doing a water baptism at 2911. We're doing it outside like we did last fall. Outside, set up chairs, set up a, set up a pool outside. And, and uh, this, this was one of the most awesome times I've ever had in ministry. It's how a very public testimony. If you're a child of God and you've, never, and you've never been baptized in water, you need to be baptized in water. And there's some of you that are members of this church you've not been baptized in water. Or some of you, you've been walking in a bad way, you've been walking in a wrong life, and you've made a choice to come back to God. You know what? You might want to be baptized in water too, just as a testimony to all those people that have watched you walk away from God, that, hey, I'm back. Yeah, sometimes we redo that. That's, that's good as you do it too. I want to ask you, would you come and give us your name so we'll know that you're planning on getting baptized next week or two weeks from today? And listen, I want to ask some, I want to ask a 2911 member right now, somebody who's a regular attender 2911 that needs to be baptized in two weeks. I want to ask you, would you come give your name right now? Say, I need to be baptized. Who needs, is there somebody from 2911 that needs to be baptized in two weeks? You've not been baptized. You're going to be, is there somebody? I was trying to get you to break the ice. I had Tony last night break the ice or somebody. So if there's somebody, please, I want you to move. We're going to have one more prayer. Jamie's going to lead us in a final song. Don't start singing until you finish praying. I'm going to pray for you. You got a need in your life? Anybody got a need in their life? Raise your hand. You got a need in your life? I got my hand raised. I want to pray over your needs right now. While we're praying, I want you to move forward and I want you to say, look, I need to receive those first steps. Look, I want to be baptized in water in two weeks, okay? Don't wait on anybody else. You might be the only one today that wants first steps. Come get them. You're going to need them these next three weeks. You might be the only one in this, in this crowd that needs, to, that needs to be baptized in water. Come on down and say, I want to be baptized too. And this is going to be an awesome event. I hope you really will be a part of it. Okay, let's pray. Father, I love you. Go ahead, Jamie, when you can. I, I love you, God, and I just thank you, God, for the work that you've done in our midst today. Lord, and I pray here right now.